The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this podcast is just for the crack, guys, so please, no giving out. Joe Kinahan. And I'm Robbie Collins. Let's get done. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at you, lad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rob. It was just like as as uh, I mean, I mean, we can keep this in, I guess. As we were going to to start recording, uh, Rob's uh, been walking around the house and his ab has smacked his foot off like the door frame or like a mat or something. And he's maybe like you know, if we if we were actually getting paid for this, it'd be demonetized immediately. Put it that way. Oh, we've we've lost Robbie. Oh, is he gone? Is he gone? Right. Well, look, he's he's back. Oh, I think he's back. Yeah, you guys froze on me there. No, that's not what happened. Oh. <laughs> no, it, uh, I didn't hit my foot, Joe. I, I slipped on a rug at the front door and near landed on my hole. So, yeah, uh, probably should have better balance for a running back. But you know yourself, with uh, age, there is a quite a steep decline. So I'm, I'm at that stage now in my life. Um. Yeah, so how do you want to go about this? We just get down to the action that's happened and then move on to the action ahead? Yeah, well, I mean, I was thinking what we could do is our power rankings now that um, every team has played, except for obviously you don't want to hit on a sore spot there with uh, with Joe and his forfeit against uh. the Eagles. I mean, you're just taking it like a champion, Joe, just an absolute champion. But yeah, oh, yeah. every team has played. So like a Division 1 champion. Like a Division 1 champion. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that we can go like straight into our power rankings. I mean, like I'm quite shocked at how the season is even progressing. I would have thought like I thought that we were seeing some pretty big upsets with UCD and then the Rebels shutting out um, the Admirals. But what about the Trojans and Panthers game? Yeah, you're on the right side for that one, really, weren't you? I mean, I didn't want <laughs> to remind everybody that I did predict the Panthers win, but you know, so I won't remind you. Yeah, I know, Kelly, you were just basically back in the old Vikings uh, that have now became Panthers um, with Goldie, with Ray Burke, with Ian himself. Like, it was a shock, I think. It was a shock for everyone. Maybe, like, not that the Panthers got a win. You know, there was a lot of people said how it was possible, but if it was, it was going to be a lot tighter. Um, And the Panthers just ended up running riot on the day. Um, I got talking with... Muhammad Ramadan from the big uh, from the big T, he was saying, you know, Trojans they were, they were very they were just they were just a better team on the day. Trojans missed a lot of uh, they were missing I think six starters on offense and defense, but it just just on the day, the the Panthers just got the better of them. Um, but not to write the Trojans off just yet, and that you know, I think game three is going to be the big decider. So. They seem to be pretty calm about the whole thing. Um, not at the panic stations just yet. Uh, after the Rebel game, I think that would be kind of the, the make or break for, for the year so far. 
Yeah, well, it's something that, Joe, you covered in your AFI write-up that, um, you know, the, the Trojans, Trojans, they started in 2019 on a, an 0-2 record and went on to win out the whole division. So for me, I'm certainly not writing them off. I don't feel comfortable to write them off. I'm very excited for their next fixture against the Rebels um, because I don't think we know enough about the Rebels at the minute to know where they're placed. They're coming up against the Rhinos this weekend. So no disrespect to the Rhinos, but I don't think we're going to learn a huge amount of where exactly the Rebels are from that game. So I think that game between the Trojans and the Rebels is going to tell us an awful lot about this league. Again, we've been talking about not writing the Trojans off. You wouldn't want to do that just yet. But I mean, if that Rebel, if the Rebels win that game uh, against the Trojans, again, like we, they'd need to win out just to make it to the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not saying they wouldn't do that. But when you start 0-3, considering that you've been, you know, kind of the what the final boss, basically, of AFI for the last five, ten years, it's a sudden, very sudden culture change, and they'd need to they'd need to find a way to kind of combat that very quickly. Now they do have that month now between like not playing, whether they're not playing games in game weeks or just like the bye week that's coming up in general. They do have a month to prepare for that Rebels game, but I mean I'm sure they'll be they'll really need to put some work in with just you know discipline on both sides of the ball, good ball security and stuff like that because like. The Rebels won't give you, you know, if you if you give the Rebels an inch, they'll take a yard. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's it's weird now that we're kind of looking at the Trojans already at this point in the season as like nearly an underdog of of, of sorts. Like, I don't, I've even when they started zero two in twenty nineteen or whenever it was they 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 last went zero two. I don't think anybody really saw them as an underdog, but now like you've got again, like if the Rebels, um, if this Rebels Rhinos game goes as we expect, with you know the Rebels winning that one. Like you've got the Panthers ahead of them who put, you know, won by like 29, 30 points. You've got the Cowboys already with two wins, UCD with two wins. Like that becomes a very difficult spot to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And, so. and the other team then I think that's still of interest is the Admirals, even though they did get shut out by the Rebels. I yeah. mean, they have a month similar you know, to the Trojans, they have a long time to kind of recover and get things together. So we just don't know what that team is going to look like when they when they come back to the playing field. So will we jump straight into our power rankings then? So I'm taking it we're going to start with the Premier Division, which is kind of the spiciest division at the minute. Uh, so we have UCD, Panthers, Rhinos, Knights, Admirals, Trojans, Cowboys, Rebels. Um, so, Joe, Rob, who are you putting in the seventh spot for the power rankings? I think we're all going to go the same way here, and it's uh, the Rhino Crash. Uh, seventh or eighth, sorry. Are we just bypassing a team? Oh yeah, sorry. That's my uh, my quick maths there. I did a bypassed. Just well, no, I actually counted eight teams. I think did I count the Cowboys as well? And uh, but I just said seven because uh, it was a wee bit fast. And uh, it's you know it's a Friday. <laughs> it's a Friday yeah. event for me. <laughs> Making sure the viewers are something. paying attention, isn't that right? <laughs> but yeah, so who are you putting in that number eight spot then? Put then the Rhinos in seven and in eighth. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. Though. And the reason why I, I, for me, have the Rhinos in there is because in my seventh position, I have the Knights. I just think the Knights, they've lost two games. One of those games is by a huge scoreline against UCD. That's hard to come back from. It's going to be a wee bit demoralizing. The only thing that I am excited for for the Knights is that they're coming up against the Panthers this week. And although I don't have the Knights to win that game, I still 
don't feel the Knights are afraid of this game. I would say that they're approaching this game as a chance to kind of regain a bit of respect in the league or regain a bit of relevancy. Because if they beat the Panthers have, and the Panthers having bet the Trojans by the scoreline that they did, suddenly the Knights were kind of paying attention to them again. So there is an opportunity for them coming into this Sunday. Whether they'll capitalise on it, I don't know. But at the end of the day, if it comes between the Knights and the Rhinos, I'm picking the Knights there um, at that seventh spot. Are you agreeing with me or disagreeing with me or who are you putting in there? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm I just side with you on that one, Kelly. Um, I, I can't speak for Joe, but I, I would assume that he's going to go in the same direction. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really argue with those seven and eight spots. The Knights, uh, kind of, as you said, against the Panthers, they do have... Um, that chance to kind of bounce back. I don't think they're as bad as 58-7 loss. Um, I guess that is a bit of benefit of the doubt kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'd go Rhinos 8, Knights 7 there myself. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so Rhinos 8, Knights 7, 6th position. Who are your contenders for the 6th position before we actually say who you're putting in there? It's hard. Oh, God, you don't want to say the Trojans, do you? But you kind of do. I mean... It'd be that or the, or the Admirals. And I think purely because the Admirals were shut out, I'd probably lean more to the Admirals being at the sixth spot than the Trojans. But based on the fact that the Trojans have lost two games already, I'm not going to argue with anybody who would put them six at the moment. Yeah, so I'm no, kind of easy there. I'm going to side with you on that, Joe. Um, I will put the, the Admirals in sixth. I feel we haven't seen enough of them from the one game. Yes. Like you said, being a shutout, uh, you really can't really take much from that. We've seen enough of the Trojans in game one and in game two to to see that there is still a lot of the old Trojan element there and that, like you said, we haven't got worried about them just yet and that we feel that they, they can still go forth and still still continue to actually play football and, and get wins and you know I think putting them in a fifth minute is is right and just yeah yeah I'd agree exactly. with that I mean UCD are a good team this year and for the Trojans to come out on their first game and to only lose by a point to UCD and to really feel that they left points on the pitch as well um so even though it's an 0-2 it's a close 0-2 I think that the Panthers last Sunday just kind of shocked them. They just came up and smacked them right in the mouth and they weren't expecting it. They weren't ready for it. Um, but, like, look, they have a bit of time to kind of think about what happened. Um, and that's the thing. Like, the Panthers have been thinking about this game for two years. You know, they were ready to go. They were ready to come up against Trojans. They'd done all their prep probably thinking about the Trojans. So, uh, although it was, like, a 29-point loss to the Panthers, um, I agree with not putting the Trojans in at number six there on the power rankings because for me at number four, and I don't know if you agree with me, I'm going to go with uh, the Cowboys, actually. Oh. Yeah, it's between the Rebels and the Cowboys, but I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys at number four. I'd say most people would be siding with you on that, Kelly, with the, the Rebels at three and the Cowboys at four. Purely on sort of the historical evidence, you know, the Rebels were up there pre shot or pre COVID with playing in the Shamrock Bowl uh, division, and then the Cowboys only getting promoted there after the last season. Um, you see the the Rebels and all done the introduction of Ty Henry to 
to the cowboy or not sorry to the cowboy to the to the rebel franchise and sort of what he's been able to do for them. But I'm gonna put the cowboys in a three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the cowboys at three and the rebels at four. Just from from what we've seen of the cowboys this year and how they are like just grinding hard. They they had a good preseason. They've got off to a good start now in this division. Um, they've just continued. I, I seem to just have seen a bit more of them, and it's just given me that little little bit of extra faith in them. And that you know, it, it's the sort of thing where there's so many evenly matched teams in the sort of upper half. It's very hard to split between them. It's kind of until we actually see them go head to head against each other, you know, that would be the the key, you know, dis, or the key differentiating factor between both teams. And we'll finally get to see, you know, which would come out come out on top. But for now, until we see that, uh, I'm going to roll with the the Cowboys at three, and then the Rebels in a four. I'll um. Oh God, it's kind of. Can I put them tied third? Like this is just. It's kind of like again, the Rebels have played one game. They beat the national, well, twenty eighteen national champions, and shut them out. Cowboys have won two games. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go purely on the kind of strength of schedule here, and I'm gonna go Cowboys four, Rebels three. But I do think the Cowboys could be a number two or number three team by the end of the year. But I just think right now, you know, they beat the Rhinos. Everyone was expecting that, I think. They beat the Knights, but it wasn't, like, convincing. Like, they won with, like, or they scored their last touchdown with, like, 15 seconds left in the game. And I think if we're saying, if you're going to have them at number three, you'd expect a number three team in a power ranking to fairly handily beat a number seven team. And they didn't quite do that. So I'll give it to the Rebels now. So number four, Cowboys, number three, Rebels. But I do fancy the Cowboys moving forward. I think they'll build on that momentum. Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing agreeing with you, and especially because um, it's an interesting matchups are always interesting in American football. Like I think if the Knights and the Trojans meet, that the Trojans will put away the Knights. But at the same time, if the Cowboys and the Trojans meet, I could see the Cowboys coming out with that win. And then the Knights and the Cowboys meeting, the Knights always give the Cowboys a hard time on the line. Um, so it's a, it's a hard one to predict. But I mean, again, we've said it already. For me, the Rebels, we don't know enough about them. But I just, I know the player that is Ty Henry. And I know that they are out like repping all of the time, like all of the time out run routes, drum passes, like him and his wide receivers, they have like such chemistry at this point. I'm I have a feeling that that win against the Admirals was because the Rebels are quite strong and not because the Admirals are weak, but we don't know enough about the Admirals to say that. And that's why I'm putting them in at number three and the Cowboys at number four. Similar to Joe, I am back in the Cowboys this year and I won't be surprised if they do go up in those rankings. Um, but overall, the domestic game is a democracy. So uh, sorry, Rob, <laughs> but the Rebels are going to go with three and the Cowboys are going to go at two. <laughs> and then I suppose now we have to move on to the big question. Who is mm. our seed after the past few weeks of games? 
Who do we all believe is coming out on top? Who do we think could reign supreme throughout the entire year? And just, you know, who's going to be the the bridesmaid at the end of the day? Like, I'm a Panthers fan. I had the Panthers in the last game when, like, I feel like if anybody else had it, they weren't saying it publicly. It was like me and the Panthers and that was it. And then I have never seen so much shite talk across the league coming into that game. Like, unbelievable and for them to come out with that win and such a convincing win as well I'm delighted for them however I don't feel like it has been enough for them to clinch that top spot they're one and oh and the and UCD are are, are two and oh so for me like I'm still going with UCD at the top of the power rankings but I will be very very interested to see how UCD and the Panthers will match up against each other but I don't think we have that fixture for another wee while yeah, that's definitely going to be uh, an exciting game to uh, to watch. From talking to the Trojans and how they felt both games went, despite actually being on the end of a bigger defeat against the Panthers, the Trojans actually felt that UCD were the better team and were the stronger team. And from their point of view, they were saying that they feel that if both teams were to play each other next week, that UCD would actually come out on top of that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's um, uh, it's hard not to jump in the bandwagon, honestly, with the Panthers. I mean, I suppose we did it the same with UCD, but like beating the Trojans again, I kind of have it in the the review there earlier in the week of how they kind of kind of got rid of a few demons from 2019, and you know might get a couple couple more hours sleep. Uh, you know, not having to relive that final loss in their head, but it's hard it's hard to ignore. You know. Uh, a win against the Trojans in your second game and beating any team 58-7. Yeah, it's got to be UCD. Again, like as you guys have said, I'm, I'd be looking forward to this game later in the year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers uh, kind of roll off this game from from uh, from last week. Um, how they come up against the Knights, how they match up. So I don't think you can really put them at number one for now. So it's kind of got to be UCD for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that um, you know a lot of the the Panthers players traditionally have have been kind of overlooked a bit. Like specifically, I think like uh, Ian Cal as a quarterback. So he originally was with the Vikings. I uh, knew him quite well then, and uh, he came off the line and like the D line. He's a D line um, player, and he went to to QB. And he did okay. Like in his first season, he was he was an okay QB. Like and he was working hard and his rep and or whatever. But he was overlooked a lot, and he wasn't kind of ever really given. I don't think any any credit that as much as what he deserved anyway. And he kind of got better and better as as the years went on. And then he switched over to the Panthers. He switched, and uh, you know a few players decided then to switch uh, when he went as well. They'd all been living in in. Dublin anyway, and that included like Andrew McMahon, Ray Burke, Sean Goldrick, Goldrick. They all came from uh, UL and went to the Panthers, like whatever. I think in 2019, he was like this highest scoring quarterback for pass and touchdowns um, during the regular season or something like that. These stats, but still he was being overlooked as like as a strong QB. Um and I think that's because Sean Goldrick's there. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, here, like, you know, if Sean Goldrick's there, it's easy to be the number one QB. But Sean Goldrick actually dislocated his shoulder uh, in that season, especially towards the end. He came back for the bowl. So it's one of those that's like, I don't want to 
undervalue the the Panthers offense like they are an offensive team you've Raybert there Sean Goldrick it's a case of kind of pick your poison between those two um on where the ball is going to go but then on the ground the running game for the Panthers is quite strong as well where you have Ben I'm going to totally destroy the second name Ben Aruligan am I right <laughs> yeah I mean close enough <laughs> um, so it's kind of like if you don't shut him down, he will run on you all day. I think the area that they were quite nervous about was the um, was the defense, but the defense had some strong stops, uh, goal line stops as well. And I think there's something about a, like a goal line stop and even like the defense forcing an offense to go like three and out or four and out or whatever. Um, it's heartbreaking. It's actually more more heartbreaking than an interception, let's say, or a fumble and fumble recovery. There's something about going for and out that is more demotivating than a big play that turns over the ball. Uh, so the fact that they had, I think they'd one or two during that game means defense did all right. The only thing that's interesting, I think, is that the UCD secondary is quite strong, like very, very strong. I think they've one of the strongest secondaries in the Premier League. So the Trojan secondary is a little weak right now. I think they're missing the likes of Alex Kosmeric back there, who's like a leader and, and very strong player and excellent at reading the game. Whereas when they come up against the likes of UCD, I just don't know how effective that passing game is going to be. It's certainly not going to be as easy as what it was against the Trojans. Um, and you know yourself, when you've got a strong aerial attack, then it kind of keeps the running game honest as well. So... Yeah, I agree. I think that that matchup is going to be a really interesting one. I think that's very interesting, Rob, what you're after saying about the Trojans and them feeling that UCD were the better team, even though they were beaten by a far bigger scoreline against against uh, the Panthers. Yeah, I'm still I'm still sticking with UCD at one and Panthers at two, just to tidy up that little soliloquy that I went on there. Yeah, I think, um, again, with... with uh... With this game week coming up, like we have three games coming up this weekend in the division. We have a bye week then. And then I think there's only like one or two games in Premier Division each week up until like mid-May. Yeah. So these are going to change. These are going to change. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while for them to change, you know, by the time everybody gets maybe four games in. But uh, by that stage, I mean, you could be looking at a completely different chart, like, you know. Yeah. Like if the this Trojans week is- come away from that, from, from that uh, Rebels game. And then they have another they have another whole month after that, I think, until their next game. So they, they really do have time. Like they've picked up their two losses maybe at the best time of the year. Where now, now they have time to prepare for those strong opponents. So we, we could be looking at the Tro week again. By the by the end of May, we could be looking at the Trojans at number two or number three, like you know. Yeah, I mean they've done it before. Um, so it's just one of those that we all know better then to ever write off the Trojans until they're out out um but this week like week five is kind of killing me a small bit in AFI because the last few weeks have been pretty exciting whereas I feel like the types of games that are going on we're not going to use like we're not going to learn a huge amount by from any of the teams like the Panthers at Knights the Rebels at Rhinos I think for me the most interesting one would be UCD at Kirkgavin Cowboys because obviously UCD are so strong at the minute but it's one of those the Cowboys are are so good at grinding out those wins. And I think the Cowboys as well are starting in Premier a bit stronger than anyone would have anticipated, given that they're the team that came up this year. Um, so that for me is probably the most interesting one in Premier 1 coming into to week five. But 
Do I see the power rankings changing much after week five? Not too sure. Like you said, Rob, I think it's going to be over the next couple of weeks um, with our few games here and there that we're going to see those changes. One thing I will say about the the, uh, the Cowboys and the UCD game, which will make it very interesting, is that the Cowboys have quite the big O-line. Like Every man there is very well set and it could be the kind of thing where sort of breaking that down as we know like UCD are, are often uh, maybe a bit lighter of a pack up front you know relying on sort of speed and athleticism as opposed to just sheer size so it, that would be quite an interesting matchup I think a key factor of that game it'll be decided in the trenches you know O-line versus D-line and that's going to be uh, a crucial factor in that game if the if the UCD students can just use their speed, athleticism to get up out of the stances quick and around the linemen, they've got great chance of winning. You know, their offense has already been putting together a stellar performance. They just need to, you know, get get up, get get around the 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 linemen and just get to Peter Lockern. If those big bodied linemen of the, the Cowboys can keep Lockern standing upright. Cowboys have every chance of, like you said, Kelly, grinding away and grinding out of W. Still going to back UCD in that game. But if there was a, an upset going to happen, it's going to be because of what happens in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, well said, Robbie. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I think that part of the reason why you want to rank the Cowboys higher is because... You know, you kind of, you're kind of seeing <laughs> because the, it would the make us look better, yeah. In that place, yeah. Where it's like, right. if it, you know, if the Cowboys are there in that number three spot, let's say, in your mind, you're like, you can see the the Minotaur is there in that number three spot. I mean, I'm sure it certainly. I mean, now that I think about it, it does definitely look that way. And um, no, I genuinely think the the Cowboys. And um, I mean, did we not put the Rebels at number? Th- oh well, I I put the Rebels at number three, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had them. We had we have Cowboys at four, Rebels at three. But I think you know originally you were thinking the Cowboys at three because when I oh, said, yeah. yeah, you were like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and I just don't think that the Cowboys realized that they had such a fan in in Joe Kenham. No, they they have um, they have such a, a, they have a guy who really wishes his team was there, not theirs. <laughs> not a fan at all I am like for this season alone I am maybe supporting them above like the Rebels or the Panthers yeah but yeah, like yeah, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go too far to call me a fan now I like Peter Locker I like, I like that's the thing like I like the I like the brand of football they play as well it's just it's hard and Peter Lochran's class, like, you know, I've had yeah. a lot no, of Yeah, no, he is. He, he's he class. Is. I like even the way how, he, you know, he's doing a lot because in that Knights game, you know, um, he led the drive to score, you know, in the last, like, minute of the game or whatever. And then he was also the one that got the sack that ended um, yeah. the game as well. So, I mean, when you have a quarterback that also goes in on, on defense and, and gets the game-winning sack as well. I mean, he's just kind of doing everything. But we also, I mean, we don't even give uh, the other players uh, enough love. Like, they, you know, they have some some great other players that are really showing up. I love, can I just say, right, so we've been talking about, um, uh, like, Locker and Alex stepping in on defense or whatever. Like, yeah. the man has thrown six touchdowns in two games. 
And he also, <laughs> but at least as, uh, as far as our last update on the website, I think there might be last week's stats to put in or whatever. Um, but according to the website right now, he also leads or leads the, the Premier Division in sacks as well. Like it's not yeah, just like he's going in for a few reps. Like he, like he actually is dominating on both sides of the ball. I know. It's like it's so rare when you have a quarterback that can like like that be like the highest touchdown scorer and then also leading the league in sacks. Like, you know, it's like get you a QB that can do both. Like Joe, why aren't you going in on D and get those sacks? <laughs> uh I don't think uh I don't think I'm built quite like Peter Lochran. I like I, I like I like I know this is kind of just turned into a, a Peter Lochran love affair for, for myself now, but like oh, I like I don't know if was it against the Crusaders they had a, a, a pre-season scrimmage with, um, or it might have been like in a game or something. But um, there's a, a set of pictures that were like, you know, taken like at shorter speeds, so it was like capturing like a gif nearly. And um, I, I can't credit the photographer. I can't remember who it was, but um, I'm sure somebody will be able to find it and tag me in the page in it and be like, oh, it was it was Inus, for example. Um, but there's like he's proper like trucked a guy like a like a I don't know if he was a linebacker or a DB but he's like he's trucked him maybe into his grave <laughs> and like like this guy this guy is a quarterback you know we were talking about oh well you know the the Cowboys if they can give Peter Lockhart time in the pocket or whatever if he runs you still have to take him down and he, he just runs he just runs through people I, I really respect it. I think he's he's quite widely respected across the league, and he's a QB that runs like a running back. I mean, you always have to worry yeah. about him if he decides if he decides to run it, and and then he's got some great targets there as well. I mean, we go on about Luis Alberto, that Alberto kid, um, Neil Maxwell, Odron O'Kane, and then you know they're uh, Russian as well. They have uh, Shane Moon. Um, and then on defense, some like fantastic players as well, like Lawrence Riddock, I think is someone that we haven't mentioned on the podcast before, and uh, he's standout, and he's also kicking, kind of kicking up a dream for them as well. So, you know, they're yeah, they're I, I get it, like you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, like I, I get it, and I get why why you're a huge Cowboys fan as well. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, get, um, in a weird way, they're they're a team that are they're easy to like. They're a team that's doing better than anybody thought that they would. They're kind of a team that, like, for for me, although I don't I don't have them over UCD. I think that UCD will win that game. You know, I'm sorry to say that it might be a comfortable enough game, but I would support the Cowboys. Like, that. my head says UCD, my heart says Cowboys. Like, uh, yeah. Um... No, nah, I'd be rooting UCD. <laughs> it's gonna be no, it's I'm not gonna, gonna be UCD. I, like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, like we've been talking it. Like again, they're they're a physical team, the Cowboys. Um, the UCD O line. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not too familiar with the UCD O line. And um, Robbie was saying they're a little bit lighter. Oh, um, like Paddy Sweeney know, is there, and is it Harry you know, Kerr? Yeah. I know, is it Harry Kerr as well? Um, I apologize now if I'm getting the name wrong. He's like, um, he's like six eight or something. Uh, for you again, I uh, I apologize if I'm getting the name wrong or something. But um, like, they they they've got big boys on the UCD line as well. I just think it is going to come down to who's more physical. Yeah. And with uh, you know, with the Cowboys hosting 
it gives them a bit of an advantage as well. You have to travel more than two hours, I think, to the game. It is anybody's game. Obviously, you kind of you would kind of uh, assume UCD win, but I don't think it's as automatic as say Mavericks winning Division Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm like it's one of those like you, UCD, like yeah, they're top of the power rankings. We're expecting them to kind of uh, get through the season handy enough, but at the same time, they have to win their games. Do you know what I mean? They they do have to show up for those games. Cowboys are one of those ones. You can't write them off. They're a hard team. They're kind of an old team as well. They play that old like trenches football. Do you know um, like that? You've you've uh, Pierre Locker in there. He's always going to have a game plan, and he's uh, like a quarterback that you have to worry about on the pass and the run. Uh, and then they also have running backs capable of running. So it's just kind of the Cowboys are doing. They're stronger than than what any of us would have thought going into this season. And like I'm happy to see it. Again, I'm still back in UCD. I think that they do have big boys on the line. Like even Paddy Sweeney is a standout player. I'm surprised actually that Rob didn't think of him because uh, Paddy Sweeney actually won one of the games from or one of the um, the vouchers from the raffle, and Rob was the one who had to send it out to him. So I mean, <laughs> and that voucher was sitting, I think, on Rob's desk for way longer than it should have been. Uh, Paddy Sweeney, if you're listening, it was just resting in his account. It's just exactly it was just resting in his account. But Paddy Sweeney, if you're listening, I hope you got the the voucher after that. If you haven't got it yet, send me another email and uh, we'll follow up with Rob here. <laughs> but yeah, that for me that that's the game of of week five. I'm excited to see how that one plays out. That and the Minotaurs uh, versus the the Vipers. So those two are the the games that I'll be paying attention to in in week five. Um, but yeah, I'll be paying attention say, to one more than the other. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, naturally enough. That brings us to Division One. So in Division One, we have Minotaurs, Ajo, um, Trinity, Vipers, Crusaders, Vikings, Eagles. Um, so I mean, like, first off, are we all in agreement that the Eagles are at the top of this power ranking after last Sunday? Yeah, I mean, like, it's such a, it is like it's hard because you don't want to put them at number two. Like that number one spot is is kind of reserved for teams who really make a statement, and I think just like flat out refusing to show up for a game on game day, it's a bold statement. Like you know, and, and you know, it brings them to zero and two. But I mean, like you got to look at the broader picture here. You know, that sends out a statement to the rest of the division, thinking, "Oh God, okay, these guys, they're 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 capable of anything." Like you know, you don't know what they're going to do in a game day. They might be there, they might not be. And I think that kind of provides a bit of an X factor around a team that I just don't think you see around the rest of the division. So No, no, I, I'm with you. So like it's a it's a bold statement and a bold strategy. Um let's see if it pays off for them. But anyway, Joe, you're not you're not salty about that at all. Um not which, in the slightest. Not in the slightest, not salty at all. But um anyway. The point I'm making for me, anyway, the Eagles have to go to the to the bottom of of that power rank, and uh, it's just one of those things when you're forfeiting games. It's representative of so many other issues. Like I feel sorry for them because they were a strong team for years and years. They were doing quite well. They were a team to watch out for. Um, but if you're forfeiting games, it means you don't have the organization, you don't have the players, stuff like that. It's representative of bigger issues, usually stemming from administration, stuff like that. So for me, they're they're unfortunately going to the bottom of the power rankings. Yeah, like you're saying there, administration of an organization, Kelly, it's it's kind of 
something that we've preached for probably since the start of the podcast. If you haven't got the administrative side of the club uh, finely tuned, you're going to like have some awful difficulties going forward. They're forfeiting this early on into the season. I hope that this isn't going to sort of lay the, lay the groundwork for the way the rest of the year is going to go for them. Hopefully they'll manage to get a few numbers back and you know, no one else would be denied a game from them. Um, but it's not looking good. It's really not looking good for the Eagles going forward. So actually, I think the next position is a tougher position to pick, which is fifth um, in this power rank. And for me, it's a toss-up between the Crusaders and the UL Vikings. I'm going to say that I put the Vikings in, in that slot. Uh, they... They've they've really just not they've not got going on offense. Like you can see, I don't know. It's what is it? Six points they've put up. Their wow. their defense has been you know holding holding the ship together. But at the end of the day, it's the team with the most points on the board is the one that's going to win. Rob just got cut off there, and he has to go to a wedding, so he'll not be back for the rest of the episode. But Joe, I kind of loved when he was going through his little spiel there, and he mentioned that the Vikings had six points, and you in the background just like twelve. And in my head, I was like, "That's why we have you on the show, Joe. That's why you're here." <laughs> I pay attention to this stuff. Don't worry, you well. I got you. I got you. Um, it's it's kind of hard to kind of decide on that fifth spot. Like I know the Crusaders haven't won a game. Um, you know they've only played once. UL are one and one, but like their win was against the Eagles. It was only six twelve, and you know getting shut out by Trinity. Now, like again, I know Trinity's defense has been playing well this year, but like UL turned the ball over so many times in that game, and it's just kind of hard to it's hard to back that. Um, I'll go. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'll go Crusaders five, UL four. Now that might just purely be because of um, you know Crusaders coming up from Division two and UL coming down from Premier Division. I guess a bit of a historical bias there, I guess. But um, it's it's close for me. Like you know, it's not um, uh, it's not as clear cut as you'd think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. Like I'm delighted with that, obviously. For my original team, yeah. I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna want to back them. And uh, like I believe in the Vikings, you know what I mean. It's a team of rookies mainly uh, at this stage, um, so it takes a little while. But I do think that they're a team that will improve as as the season progresses. And they've good coaching. Like they have fellas that won Shamrock Bowls coaching that team, um, and they've good, great administration behind them. I mean, like everything is set up for them to do well. So at this point, it's just going to be reps. Like when everything's set up that way, that it should be, that it should work. It's just reps. It's just games. You know, it's losses. Sometimes it's learning from the losses. It's putting in practice, into practice, everything that you've learned. And uh, I, I can see them doing better as the season progresses. So um, I'm, I'm for them. I'm happy with that. I'll put them at number four and the Crusaders at five, not to take away from the Crusaders, but exactly that. They're a team that's just come up to this division. The fact that they're, you know, at number five is is always a solid a solid start to any team coming up to a higher division because, as we know, the gaps between divisions is actually quite significant. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with that one. Uh, what's interesting now is going to be the the top three um, 
the top three spots because what do you do with the Mavericks or what do you do sorry with the Minotaurs that haven't played a game yet yeah I mean I mean look right I can try avoid personal bias all I want um I can try act as if I'm gonna say anything other than number one but you know not only do I genuinely believe we're the best team in the division but I, I would also get probably cut from the team if I said we're anything but number one. <laughs> you definitely um, like you can't you cannot put the Minotaurs anywhere. I, I yeah like, as, <laughs> like you don't even think about not QB, doing it. as like yeah exactly yeah you, you know it, it's automatic. Um I yeah I, I I genuinely do like right see again this is where it kind of gets into bias territory like so I've been honest about the historical kind of advantage that the Vipers have over us on the preview for this week on uh, the website, AmericanFootball.ie. Yeah. Um, like, they've beaten us twice. We've beaten them once. Um, but that win was our most recent game against them, and it was pretty convincing. 28-0, I think it was. Um, Trinity, look, I mean, based on what I have personally seen from Trinity, it's look, I mean, their defense is great. They haven't conceded a point, and you know, you, you can't really dispute that. But I just think that like they're not quite there yet. Um, again, it, give it three, give it even two more games, honestly, and they'll probably be firing in all cylinders. But I just think right now, like, they haven't convinced me as a proper number one team just yet. Like, they just seem a bit like, like again, I've been over the fact that. They scored 20 points against the Vipers, but they were all, or, you know, 14, I think, of them were, were off of just really weird circumstantial turnovers, like a punt that goes off a guy's head into the end zone and, you know, a fluky backwards pass. But I just think offensively they're 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 not quite there yet. Now, again, look, we didn't, um, you know, we'll be upfront and honest about our performance uh, against the Blue Flame on offense. You know, we weren't... Uh, um, we weren't exactly moving the ball the way we wanted to either, but um, if you're asking me top three, I'm going, I'm going Vipers, then Trinity, then Minotaurs. Ooh, Again, possibly, possibly slightly biased. Possibly. <laughs> For me, my top three, I I can't put a, a team that hasn't played in the number one power yeah. ranking. Although I yeah. do think I that there that. is an that. argument to be made that, you know, a, a team did decide they just didn't want to go there. They just woke up in the morning and they were like, nope, not for me. So, I mean, that obviously, you know, there's a there's a certain amount of power in that. But uh, I can't put you as, unfortunately, number one. I'd love to do it. So I'm putting you number three. I think that this upcoming weekend will be important in changing that ranking, perhaps, as you're meeting the Vipers. And they are so up for this game. I love the way uh, Dylan Coyle, our little legend that's joined us as our graphics designer, was giving you a wee bit of abuse in our in our group chat I just yeah. thought <laughs> I just loved it <laughs> like they're so up for this game like there's no way that they're going to forfeit on you after after all of that no. um, but yeah I'm putting you number three I'm I'm crazy about the Vipers I think they're great um, 
I think they're a well-organized team and uh, they're they're balanced both sides of the ball. I'm still going to put them number two just because they lost to Trinity. If they hadn't lost to Trinity, then even if it was a, a little bit of a scrappy game and kind of one of those first game of the season and anything can happen. Um, so I'm putting them number two and I'm putting Trinity at number one um, because, because of that. Minotaurs haven't played, Vipers have lost Trinity, Trinity goes number one and that's kind of, that's where it's at yeah. for me. <laughs> it's uh, you know I can't I can't argue I can't I can't really argue with the the actual genuine logic there. Um, <laughs> the thing I'll say about the Vipers is like again, you know, fair enough. They um, you know, their their performance against Trinity wasn't great. Um, offensively anyway, but like you know, on defense they only gave up um, you know, one touchdown. Um, they played great against the Crusaders. They came away with like it was five turnovers. They had like four yeah. interceptions and, and a fumble recovery. So, you know, they, they, um, they're a good team. And um, I think, you, you know, we, we've been talking about it all week. You know, obviously we, we go in with the confidence that we're going to beat every team, but um, we can't really write them off either. You know, they're not the, they're not the team they were three years ago. Like they, they, they were, you know, I'll, I'll say it. They, they were poor in, in 2019. Their, their, their wins came against teams who, um, had either already forfeited or were due to forfeit later in the year. But this, you know, like the the last, I mean, you guys said it before I came onto this show as a kind of full, kind of semi-full-time guy. Um, in your COVID-19 posts coming out of not playing yeah. football. The winners, like, the winners and losers you know, of they, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, like like you like they they won the the Donaghy Cup. Uh, Donaghy Group Invitational Cup got that right um, and they won most of those games pretty convincingly um, and then obviously they came up and, and they beat the Crusaders who had been kind of eyeing up the chance of hey you know maybe we can perform in this division and they beat them pretty well like you know so I, you know, I don't want to be writing them off just yet um, like they're a good team they're, num- they're number three in both of our minds for a reason so um, yeah yeah, 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 I, I think I this agree. Will be, yeah, it'll be a good game. Yeah, and I, I think exactly that they needed a win against the Crusaders, and they got it. You know what I mean? They were, I think they were like the highest score in offense on that, on that um, week, and that just kind of helped them to kind of find their flow a little bit, settle into the season a bit. Um, so yeah, I agree. Good team, and this upcoming game yeah. is going to be an interesting enough one. Um, you know, as I said, I like the Vipers, but Joe, seeing as we are co-hosts, I will obviously be supporting you from Singapore and uh, all the best with that game. Um, so not spending too that's, much time, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? As reluctant, reluctant as I am to support you, I will do it if I have to. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not spending too much longer than in Division 1 and moving on to Division 2, where we have the Razorbacks, the Jets, Mavericks, Giants and the Pirates. Um, so one to five up for grabs. Who is in your fifth position? Um, I mean, it's hard not to to give it to the Pirates, isn't it? Yeah. Like they've been beaten pretty, pretty not well, maybe not so much in the first game, but definitely that game against the Mavericks was a not a good showing for them. No, no, it's a bit. It was a bit unfair. Like the Mavericks and the Pirates, it's just you know a fixture that you never thought you'd see happen. If someone said that like two years ago, three years, if even five years ago when the Mavericks were up in SBC, uh, as it was at the time, now the Premier Division, you just never thought that that game would ever 
get onto a pitch. But there we go, what happened? And it kind of went exactly how you'd expect that to happen. Um, so yeah, me too. I have the Pirates down already in, in that fifth in that fifth position. Um, unfortunately enough for those guys. Um, and then fourth goes to. This is where it kind of gets a bit more interesting in this division. Um, I see like, all right, so the Giants are one and one They forfeited the first game of the year, which I thought, I thought that was strange. The fact that they um, backed out of that game. But uh, then the next week they came to beat the Pirates. Like, but again, then you have to weigh up while it, you know, it's a team that we're ranking at number five. I don't know. Well, what's what about yourself? Well, and you might be able to sway me one way or the other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think I'll be able to sway it. Um, because for me, right, this number four position is between the Giants and the Razorbacks, obviously. Um, the Razorbacks traditionally are a team that we don't expect to do well, but they've had an influx of players from Belfast Lions. And they have uh, Suntan there, who was formerly with the, the Knights for years and years, and then switched over to the, the Trojans and won a bowl with them and now is um, head coach of the Razorbacks. So that team has become an interesting little team. And at the moment, they're just working on that kind of chemistry. And anytime you bring an influx of players, you saw it, let's say, with the Panthers in, what was that, 2017, 2018, when uh, they got an influx of players from, from the Vikings, which we touched on already today class players but it still actually took a few years for the Panthers to get to a point where they were winning games and to get to a point where they were um, meeting the bowl um, so that's what's happening in the Razorbacks I think the Razorbacks will get stronger as this season you know goes on for the Giants you know I'm not a fan of a forfeit I don't like it um, it doesn't do the sport any good even though look I know it can't be helped nobody likes forfeit nobody likes having to forfeit so for those reasons, and then yeah, okay, the Giants like to put away put away the Pirates, but again, the Pirates were kind of ranking them under the Giants. So for both of those reasons, I am putting the Giants actually at fourth, and I'm gonna put the Razorbacks at at third. Yeah, and it's weird, like again, on the surface of things to say, well, okay, the Giants have actually played one game and they won it, and the Razorbacks have played one played game two. and they lost. Have they played two or one? one? The Razorbacks, yeah, they've played one, so their one. their win was the forfeit against the Giants. Correct, yeah, correct. And then they've played but one, and they've I lost. Just think, yeah, yeah, and I just think the the competitive nature of their loss to the Jets is actually probably a better representation of how competitive they're going to be for the rest of the year than beating the Pirates. I agree with that um, because even we actually had the Jets for that game because the Jets are, you know, are a very competitive team in that division. It's actually unfortunate for the Jets that the Mavericks have gone down to that division because otherwise I would be pretty confident to say the Jets would win out that division. Um, but it's one of those that, yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting one. I think, you know, we had predicted it um, in the, in the, the previous episode where we had said that we, you know, we were going to back the Jets for this win, but that we felt it would be a competitive fixture and that it, 
we wouldn't see the Jets winning it by the scoreline that they probably would have won in previous seasons. I think that that happened. Like, that was true to form. The Razorbacks, again, it's just more evidence that they're finding their form. Um, to have, you know, a kind of an unconvincing loss to a team like the Jets that have traditionally been kind of miles ahead of them for years and years and years shows that they are actually quite uh, a strong team. And I do think that they're building, they're in build mode at the minute. I think that's going to take the season and maybe the start of next season. But for that reason, I'm happy to put them. I'm quite comfortable putting them in the number three spot. I think that they have earned that spot. Um, I can't put them yes. in in number two because they've lost to the Jets and then the Mavericks are kind of run ragged in that in that division um so yeah I'm, I'm happy with them at number three yeah and then i assume it's going to be jets two mavericks one yeah kind of alluded to that already yeah. there for me yeah jets two mavericks one um the jets you know came up against the mavericks and it wasn't a huge scoreline it wasn't maybe the scoreline that the the mavericks had had hoped for it would have been you know a bigger scoreline had uh brennan sims not done his high kick outside of the end zone after getting a kick return <laughs> um, all the way yeah. for what would have other been otherwise been a touchdown uh, i'm not bitter about it even though i had him on my fantasy team and those six points were my god-given right um, he met up for it, obviously, in the next game and scored like four touchdowns. Uh, he was he moved into to run back. And actually, I was chatting with the guys and his, his motivation was that his son was on the sideline and he asked his son how many touchdowns he wanted his dad to get. And his son had said four. So that was it. He was on a mission. Yeah. Um, Shane, his son, didn't so there you say go. He could have actually four. He could have actually scored more. He could have actually scored more, but he just decided, you know, what, I've I've met my quota for the day now. So. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think that was the that, <laughs> that was it. Um, so yeah, it's kind of one of those like not only do the Mavericks score, but they also decide when they stop scoring. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to put them in at number one, and then the Jets at number two. However, I think that the Jets will also get stronger as the season progresses. So I can at this point see a Mavericks Jet final perhaps playing out. Wouldn't be surprised if the Razorbacks perhaps snuck in there. I think they're a real. They're the dark horse of this division they're still an exciting one that's building i mean we had kind of talked off air um about the whole restructuring of some divisions after uh some teams were kind of suggested to move down or move up divisions um like this gives me big for any scottish football fans this gives me big rangers vibes for the mavericks like you know they went down to basically the bottom of the Scottish uh, football tier. And they were like, right, okay, we're just going to win every league title and go back up anyway. And I just feel like that's going to happen here. Like, this is no disrespect to your your Jets and your Razorbacks and Giants and Pirates, but the Mavericks are going to win Division 2. That is my... I mean, like, I, I was going to say that's my prediction. It's not really mine. I think everybody's kind of thinking that already. It's weird saying last season when you're talking about a year that happened three years ago, but um, last the last season, like they when they were in uh, AFI Division One, they were still competitive. I think they finished like three and five or four and four. Um, you know they just missed playoffs, I think, and you know to see them down in Division Two now is a bit like it's like watching a TV show knowing the ending before you get to it. 
Yeah. Like we kind of we kind of have an idea of what's going to happen here. It, and it's it, gone, it's very hard to see it going anyway, any other way. It does have that sense about it. And like you said, it's like no disrespect to the Jets, the Giants, Razorbacks, Pirates. But I just know that if the My- Mavericks don't win this division, they will be distraught. It would be a real shock to their system if they didn't. You know, um, we will see. We'll see. You know, the Jets are there. The Jets are are competitive. The dark horse of the Razorbacks. Like, you know, they like that. They have a good influx of new players. Great coaching there now. Will it be enough? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it will be enough. That sounds like you're saying no. You can make your your, uh, your predictions now. You know, this is, <laughs> this is what we're here for. The thing is, is that it breaks my heart to have a division that a team just comes in and they, they beat everyone and then they go to the, and that's it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. like, yeah. I don't like that. You know what I mean? I like a competitive division. I like, I, that's why I'm enjoying our premier division so much at the minute because things are happening that are, are like the league is kind of being blown wide open time and time again. Like at this point, you couldn't really say who's going to win premier one. You know, there are previous yeah. years where coming into week week four, week five, you could kind of you'd have a tidy idea of who who's likely going to win it. Whereas you can't, you you really can't predict that at this stage. Division two, you know, it's a bit it's a bit of a shame that we're coming into week five and we kind of say, oh yeah, the Mavericks are going to win that. And my head says that will happen. My heart, I really want a competitive game. You know, I want something to happen there. Although the funny thing is, is when it comes down to it, you know, I'm probably going to support the Mavericks because I was also associated with them. They were my home for the last, you know, two years. Where's the fun if it's not competitive? I also think it'd be, it'd make the podcast even, even more enjoyable if you just got to hear me getting in Robbie's ear for an hour and a half talking about how the Mavericks didn't win the division. When, in, in a division that they're realistically supposed to win as well I like I think we could just make that an episode where you know maybe we invite people on just to roast Robbie not yeah, even the Mavericks roast. just Robbie yeah we'll just call it the roast of Robbie call it well. <laughs> the roast of Robbie that'll be our best performing episode I'd say <laughs> yeah I, no it's no I'm the same like I'm going into this real, you know expecting the Mavericks to win but you know I'd, I'd be rooting for Razorbacks or a Jets, like I think those are the two teams that realistically would sneak in. Um, I think the Giants were, you know, maybe they haven't shown it thus far, but if they can pick up a couple of the kind of offensive performances that they had in the Donahue Cup, you know, that gives them the the opportunity to sneak into a final. And I think, as far as I'm aware, uh, it's not just a straight final. I know Division 2 in 2019, I think it was just first place versus second place. But I could be wrong in saying this, but I think this year there's a further final. Oh, brings brings us to, we've had a few questions about what shape or the the playoffs is looking like. Um, And I think you're the man to to answer this. So... um, even in Premier, I think there's a little bit of confusion of how the, the playoff picture is looking. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I know on the website it was originally showing, I think was it originally showing North and South Conference like in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's not a thing. Uh, I think it's been adjusted since. Uh, it is just a straight 18 league. So top four get through. Doesn't matter if you're from Cork or you're from Belfast, you're all in the same group. Fourth place plays first, second plays third. Winner of that goes to Energy or Par. And then as far as I know, it's the same. Well, I know I know it's the same for Division One. Uh, and as far as I know, it's actually the same for Division Two as well. There's a uh, a playoff date scheduled 
No, for anybody wondering, for anyone thinking uh, that the Premier Division was being split up, it's not. It's all one division and one team. Uh, one team gets relegated, one team gets to lift that big old Shamrock Bowl in front of the hundreds of thousands of energy. Apparently. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands. That kind of brings us then to the to the end of this week episode. Yeah, yeah. we got this there. Episode. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> so from the whole to... point, from the whole point of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so just to recap, Division Two, we have uh, in fifth uh, spot there we've the Pirates, then the Giants, Razorbacks, Jets, and Mavericks there at the top. Kind of we're feeling like they're safe enough winners of that division at this point. Uh, division One, uh, still you know a bit open. Uh, sixth place Eagles, and then fifth place Crusaders, Vikings. You know, unfortunately, Joe, this could change after after this week, but third place currently Minotaurs because we haven't haven't seen anything yet. Um, hashtag not sour, not salty. Um, second place then Vipers, first place Trinity. And then in the Premier, um, which is kind of the bread and butter of American football in Ireland, we've got the eighth place Rhinos. I nearly said, I nearly said seven there again. That's the counting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> followed by the Knights, the Admirals, the Trojans then in fifth position, which is a bit of a surprise uh, in this year. Fourth place, Cowboys. Third place, Rebels. Uh, second place, Panthers. And in that coveted first position, UCD still. So, yeah, still very much an open division there, the Premier One. Um, there's a lot of space for many an upset uh, before we even start thinking about playoff picture. Um, and as you said, it's just a straight eight-team league, so it's going to be the, the top four teams that make it into the playoffs. Um, I think that brings us then to the end, Joe. So um, I think we can we can sign off there. We can, yeah. Any parting words? Minotaur's Premier Division 2023. I knew it. I knew it'll it. Remain, it'll, take... it'll remain my sign off. Yeah, it'll <laughs> remain my sign off until until the end of time or until 2023, in which case it will become Minotaur's Shamrock Bowl 2023. <laughs> yeah, 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 just repeat that. Every year, 2024, 2025, 2026. Yeah, didn't want to take a moment. I'll get used to that, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to take a moment from you. Um, but look at that's all from us here at the Domestic Game. Uh, I'm Kelly Dwyer. I'm joking, huh? Robbie. Robbie Caldwell. I'm not Robbie Caldwell. That actually did sound good, but like him. Yeah, Robbie Caldwell is at a wedding. And uh, we'll sign